You're now tuned in to this week's episode of For the Youth Podcast. Today, we continue sharing our collective expertise that'll show you how to harness your mind, understand your body, and control your movements to achieve consistent success and become a strong leader in your generation. And now, please welcome your hosts, Sean Singleton and Bridget Hosick. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sean and Bridget here what's up <laughs> here for episode five of for the youth podcast where youth are all that matter i am really excited for this episode because it's really a transition episode from what we talked about already to where we're going and so this episode may be a little short you guys may see it'll be a little bit be a little bit more informal uh, just because we're not so focused on explaining this chapter so much so as making sure you understand why it's in the book and why it's important that we address this area in our life and why we do this step Pretty much every time because we're going to we've been talking about it before, but now I'm going to give you the context to where the idea came from. And this is brick to um, clean your house is what we're going to talk about today, because it's really a fundamental chapter in the book. Like I said, that staples the beginning from the rest of it and each individual segment that we talk about. If you guys haven't got the book already, remember you can pick it up anywhere, literally everywhere books are sold. We've gotten so much feedback. And I just want to take a moment too to thank the people who have listened so far, have given us feedback, have like messaged us and told us, keep going. We love what you're doing. We love what you're producing. And really that's what it's for. It's for you guys, whether you're young adults, whether you're youth, whether you're growing adults, like it does not matter because really we can all learn from these principles and at the end of the day, it's our lives that need to change and our actions that need to change to produce that change that we want to see, whether it be in our environment, whether it be in our future, and or ultimately just what we want to do collectively as a whole. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into it. So B, did you have any questions as we start, you know, as the reader with Clean Your House that you wanted to address? Obviously, cleaning your house and your mom being the amazing woman that she was of making you do it every Saturday. I love how you start the chapter off just diving into like literally cleaning your house. So tell me more about that. Yeah, I think my mom, I love my mom. You know, she's single mother, uh, raised us both. Like it's amazing to just see one, see the resiliency. I think that women have to be able to play both roles in a household. And I, I don't say that to say that every woman should do this. I say it to say that God gives us grace in areas where, you know, we may be lacking something else. He'll give the other parents. So even single fathers really have a capability to play both roles in a child's life as they're developing. And so my mom did a really good job of this and instilling that that value of cleaning and hygiene and making sure that I was not only just a man, but also a man who knew how to clean and take care of his house and take care of responsibilities. And through cleaning our house every Saturday, it taught us discipline. Before you do anything, you need to you know, clean your house. You need to make sure that everything's clean. And she'll go back through and she'll look over what we're doing and everything. But the whole point of it was the discipline. It, it was a moment where we had a day you know, at the end of the week where it was like, come and that's clean. Like we, we need to clean up what we did and clean up every room, like do the dishes, check, you know, check the dishes, check the bathroom, clean it. If you see some dirty, clean it. You hear the music playing, you hear the gospel music playing, you know what it is. Grab a, grab a sponge. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> so what I love about you saying is her like coming in and like spot checking. Like, yeah. I love this analogy so much. I think it carries over to everything and everybody like you should be spot checking 
everything, but your mom like literally spot checks. <laughs> Even like Mama. I love that she did that so much, like yes. looking at every little aspect, making sure it's up to her standards. Yes, <laughs> Lord have all the mercy. No, <laughs> she did. She came in. She's like, yeah. So this is not. You need to start over. Start this cleaning over. Like wipe this down. This dish ain't clean. She put the dish back on the side that was dirty. Like gosh darn it, I just cleaned this thing. She's like, now you gotta let it soak. See this one, you gotta scrub. You gotta something like mama. Like I'm just. She has. You gotta sweep with the broom edges. This. I'm like, mom, I'm just trying to play the game. I'm just trying to go to the tournament, right? But it was it was a, a, that fact that she came and spot checked those things and really, you know, tying it back to the the book and why it's important is because in our minds, we have those moments where we need to embrace that day that we have every week, and which is what I wrote, wrote in the book. Every week, you have to go back and reflect over what happened the previous week or the previous month, even because some of us get busy. I get it. Some, you know, just stop, take a moment, and look at these areas of your life. And we're going to break those down in the next coming episodes, but really understand where we're going with this. It's like we're going to check each area. So as you're listening, you're going to, okay, character, okay, actions, okay, finance, okay, counseling, all right, body, okay, my, like what am I doing these things? Like, you know, look for areas that are dirty, you know, so to speak, before, you know, you start moving on and, and start doing other things um, because you really need that person over you, which is ultimately you, you know, as a child, as a growing adult, or maybe if you still live with your parents, you, you know, they may be checking your work and looking at what you're doing and saying, like, is this not clean to our standards? But really, when we're independent and you grow up, it's all on you now. You have the responsibility to stop and look at yourself and check those areas of your life and say, is this truly, and it, we're not looking for perfection, you know, and again, this isn't emphasizing perfect. This isn't emphasizing something that you have to do to the T by textbook, right? It's just being able to do it in a way where you can spot a problem before it grows into something worse. Because obviously, as we all know, yeah. one speck of dirt leads to other dirt and bacteria and dirt. And before you know it, your room is dirty again, right? right. <laughs> so it's yeah. just that concept of checking that and having that responsibility and strength to do that. You know what I also love about it too is not only like did it teach you discipline, it taught you consistency. Like your mom was like yeah. every Saturday, like every Saturday. You were like, I didn't like Saturdays till I was an adult. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like but what that lesson was was consistency and spot checking is such a big part of this chapter. It's like everything. So to consistently spot check is amazing. And another thing you talk about too is with consistency. Um, you kind of need strength to not pick up old shovels. And we talk about doing this in like our beginning chapters, like chapter one is like mm -hmm. soft digging. So to bring those yeah. shovels back into the picture of really going back into like, okay, now I'm being consistent. I'm trying to spot check um, so that I don't pick up more shovels, but it does take strength. And you talk about that in this chapter, like what kind of strength does that take? And like, how do you resist picking up those old shovels through spot checking? Yeah, I think it's a good concept. Um, but like, I don't want to get too far. So I want to see, I want to do an experiment. So Bridget, like, you know, like I want you to give me, it's like, before I answer the question, because I feel like this is a common theme throughout and I've tested this before, but I want to test it with you now. So the you know listeners can really see I want you to explain to me the process of a moment for you. Like, what was a moment where you had to spot check something or you did spot check something even now in your 30s? Like, start start here because that's where you are now. And then obviously we all, have, we all have stories from before. But start where you are now and let us know, you know, what you went through when you had a moment where it's like, I had to revisit this area in my mind and here's the output, here's the result, and here's why I'm glad I did it or didn't do it. 
Yeah. So this is going to be a pretty vulnerable story for me to tell. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do it. But like it definitely in my 30s, like to see something follow me for so long is is really crazy to look back on. So um, right now I'm doing a lot of inner child work and I'm I'm actually visiting myself as like a seven year old a lot lately and a specific time where um, my biological father was dating a woman who um, took my sister and I, we both have really long hair and she took us to a salon and she literally like shaved our heads into like a bowl cut, like a boy's haircut. Um, and it was extremely traumatizing for me. Um, like, I mean, like you get your, your seven year old little girl with long hair and then all of a sudden it's gone and you're going to school and people are saying you look like a boy. And on top of it, like now that I'm reflecting as an adult, like where was my biological father, like to protect me? There were so many aspects there. And because of that, because of that situation, Um, There's another thing I've been telling my seven-year-old self, which is basically like, I don't need to accomplish anything and I don't need to please anybody. That is not my job as a seven-year-old. And as like, I was trying to please this woman um, by not making that situation weird and just letting this woman cut my hair, Um, even though I didn't want her to, because I was trying to please this lady who was hurting herself and projected that hurt onto this little seven-year-old daughter by like cutting her hair off, yeah. you know? Um, so like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't her daughter. I, he was dating her, but like, it was just crazy to, to look at that. And then to see myself in my thirties, like working at Supless, working for Mount Lady, when I worked for, I really was, I worked so hard to please to the point where I would sacrifice myself, my mental health, my family, I would just give everything, you know, trying to please these people um, by this situation that I learned uh, just to survive, you know. So I don't know, like that's kind of my crazy story of like how (laughs) I didn't spot check and how it followed me into my 30s. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a good point to what you said, you know, to the question you asked me, like what type of strength does it take? And why does clean your house, like what type of strength is cleaning your house and stop digging? Like, how does this all really connect? And like to your to your story, and I'm just going to break it down. So you guys may have to go back and listen. But in the beginning, like you acknowledge like something you, you had the courage to revisit an area that didn't seem right. And for so long, probably in your mind, you had this space where it was like, I don't want to open this door because it's going to evolve feelings of, of a person who I don't like or remind me of the lack of emotion that I felt from my father not being there. It's just the strength to revisit that spot. It was took so much out of you, you know, and really it takes a lot of courage to do that. And imagine if you were so busy with life and trying to stack everything else on top of it, you know, you probably would have never really hit that moment of like, I want to, you know, I, I don't really want to revisit this. I just want to try to do something else to make me feel, you know, secure, feel safe from that one moment. And so it's like you were able to just revisit that. And then not only that, you were able to seek the, the proper help in getting you, you know, the inner child therapy. There's so many different methods you can do to revisit these areas and different traumas safely and, and you know, in, in a proper manner. And you're taking that, that precaution now to make sure you're protecting yourself now from, you know, because obviously that's a very traumatic experience. I think they call it like EDM therapy or EDR therapy, something like that, but very similar to what, yeah. you know, those in the concept of what you're doing. But it's important that you guys see that because the type of strength it takes is just really being able to visit, you know, being being able to visit, just say, I'm going to visit and you're, you're going to make it intentional to do it. 
I want to go back and visit this area of my life and see what I missed, see why I feel this way. And yes, this door in my mind is closed. And I think there's a rapper named NF. Um, he had a story about houses or a, a song about houses. And he really painted this picture using his lyrics. And it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's dark. I wouldn't encourage, you know, a lot of parents to let their kids listen to it. But it, it's not bad in itself. Right, it's just right. the picture he painted was this picture of a mind that was like just battling with itself and like, oh, it's, it's called mansions. And it's like, oh, I locked the doors. Like, no, I thought I kept you in like, oh crap, why are you coming out? Like, no, it's, you know, so it's just painting this picture that a lot of us go through where we try to bury these things deep down into our mind. It's like, oh wait, crap, I didn't want you to come out. No, no, go back in the room. But in that room sits your freedom. In that room sits your potential. In that room sits where you're trying to go, who you are, not what you're doing. What you're doing is distracting you from opening that door. And we stay so busy outside of the house, we never want to go back in and just open the door and deal with the monster behind the closet. And you have to be willing to do that and able to do that. And that's the type of strength it takes to really clean your house. And that's all we're asking you to do for pretty much everything we talk about. Be willing to revisit an area that that you want to talk about. Yeah. And if you are willing and you Mm -hmm. feel like you're ready, definitely make sure you get help. Don't do it alone because you can actually cause more trauma by going too quickly um, in your healing process. So what you need to do is focus. It's okay to go deep, but it's really important to make sure you have a qualified Mm -hmm. therapist or a qualified person there helping you reopen these wounds because you want to not reopen them and make them worse. You want to open them and close them properly. So make sure if you are in a space where you are ready, which we are asking you, you you are ready. Like people Mm -hmm. are ready for this. They just need to recognize that this is something they're capable of doing and you are capable of doing this. You just need to ask for help get the right therapy, get the right person, you know, people who are qualified to help you deal with this in the proper way. Yeah. And, and we may be jumping a little bit further, you know, on different bricks, but yeah. I feel like God is really leading us here. And to that I point, make sure that, you know, like your therapist or your counselor or whatever, like it's, they're not bad. There are so many people like they're just like people in the world. You wouldn't stop going to the grocery store because you had one bad experience with a cashier. You wouldn't stop going to the gym because you had one bad experience with a trainer. At least I hope not. You wouldn't stop, you know, going to a doctor because they gave you one bad report and said, oh, it's cancer. But then one doctor said it's not. Well, you just wouldn't go to that doctor anymore. But you found one that will properly diagnose you and treat you correctly. But the only time we don't do this is when it's something uncomfortable that we don't want to do, like going back and revisiting those rooms and going back to, you know, revisit those areas of our life that we actually need to in order to get to where we want to go. All the desire and the drive and the vision and the passion, all that stuff sits behind that room or in those spaces where you're not revisiting. And you just want to make sure you're being intentional about going there. And if you have a bad counselor, find another one. I I went through, I cycled through counselors all my life. Like I tried it when I was younger. I hate, right. Like I hated them. I've had horrible ones. I've had great ones. Yeah. Yeah. You get the spectrum. I've hated them. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it's a wide spectrum. And it's yeah. not that they're bad counselors. They just didn't fit for, for you. you. We have different perspectives of different people, you know, different trainers. Like, you know, like I probably would only train with Bridget because she knows like me. She knows like how I work. She knows how I think. And she knows like, I don't want to be babied through this process. Just tell me what I need to do. And like, let's get through this, get through the exercise, go. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I know I need to do. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's just being able to know where your comfort level is and finding the person when you find them. Don't give up on them. Don't stop. Stick with them. 
go with them. Even if you think you, okay, I've overcame this hurdle, keep their number in your back pocket and don't be afraid to use it again. I have a counselor and retainer. So for my, for me and my marriage, like me, my wife, me and my wife, you know, we're people trying to make it work and we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep getting better. And there's going to be friction, but I don't want a friction to turn into another closed door in my mind where now I'm holding animosity or, or pain against my wife that's being reflected on my kids. And they're seeing that similar to how your story of your stepmother, where she had some things inwardly and it's like you're paying the price for that. But you know what? I think I think it takes strength, one, because you recognize that even now, and maybe it was just now you realize this, maybe when it was when you were seven, but you realize that it wasn't her. Like now that you revisit it back, you say, this wasn't my fault. I, I could not have done anything to this. This was something she was projecting on me. And because I thought as a child would, I should do what my parents or person tells me to do, I'm going to do it. But you, But you just acknowledge that and you recognize it it's a little less of your fault and more so the healing process of you, you know, this is not who you have to be anymore now that you have your own independence. And it's, you know, just kind of a situation yeah. you have to heal through and work through. Yeah. And I, I still like, I'm, I'm still working through it in ways to be honest. Like if I'm going to be vulnerable yeah. here, I'm going to be fully vulnerable. I'm going to tell you guys the mm-hmm. truth. So yeah. um, what that means is um, when I am still revisiting my seven-year-old self right now, and it still makes me emotional. It still makes me yeah. cry telling myself that I am worthy and I do have beautiful talents and gifts that, you know, God gave me. And I also have, um, you know, it wasn't my fault. And these people like who, like when they abandoned me, they actually abandoned themselves too, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really help her to heal and I help myself to heal as a whole through this. Yeah. And that's good because I think the same thing with my father, he, him not being in my life, I had to realize that he wasn't rejecting me he was dealing with things on his own it had nothing to do with me yes it hurt me i was the you know byproduct of his pain but yeah it wasn't necessarily him targeting me he had so much going through in his life and that has happened to him that he didn't heal with he thought he would you know either we would be better off without him or you know you know the whole the whole spiral that goes through people's mind of like you know there's many different reasons why they blame other things of why it's not happening really it's just a matter of he just didn't want to deal with it at the time and i just kind of had to deal with the brunt end of it but god supplemented that like i said by giving me a strong woman and seeing that in the book here what i wrote about my, my myself and seeing that with my family that's yeah. where i was guys like i was there i was in that space where you know, I was like, everything's like, why is everything not working? You know, why is it this? Why is this? And then everything's just, I was like, man. And then, you know, my friend just pulled me aside and he's like, hey, yo, man, let's go to the park. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, just, just trust me, man. Let's go to the park. I'm going to take a walk. And so I'm like, all right, cool. And he just explained to me, you know, like providing for them, like they, they need you there. Like you're, you are living, you know, you're, you're, you're hurt by this. And, it's causing you to do things that she needs you as a person and you're trying to give her something temporary like money. And, you know, and, and that's, that's the connection that it, I didn't make in my brain that money and relationship are two completely separate things. One of them's temporary. One the other one is permanent and also has more effects. I can lose money and make more. I cannot lose time and regain that with my spouse or with my kids. So you have to realize what is temporary and what's permanent and then target that, which is why we're talking to you about cleaning your house and, Spot checking. Which is important. Spot checking, <laughs> yes. right? That's why it's Check important to keep going through that. Rooms, yeah. Even if it feels like things are going really well. I yes. love that you reiterate that so much in this chapter. Like even yeah. if it's clean, clean it again. Like you clean don't realize our brains are meant to go down pathways that we've created through experiences and to change those experiences to make new ones, to make healthier ones. Like it takes work and practice and 
you're going to mess up and you're going to fall back into those deeper pathways as you're building these new ones. So um, just trust yourself to check in on those spots and make sure that like self, like be self-aware, really make sure you're being honest with yourself. Like this is not good. Like what I did here was not healthy, you know? So, and it's a really a lot of work, but it's work that you will never regret doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about it, the neural pathways and the neuro, like the the highways in our brain. And I love that, I, you know, I, I passed to talk about it today. And yes. Just like the, <laughs> yes. You, you respond so quickly to something. It's like, why do I do that? Why do I create that habit? And I, and I wrote that in a book and I say it all the time, but it was, good, it was good to see it also inside of the church too, as well as as we're bringing it outside of the church and projecting it out to the youth. It's because it stems from God. It stems from the Bible. It stems from where we were created from. And again, like I said, we're not ever going to push Christianity on you guys, but the concept of human creation and human beings, it's all tied into everything that we do. So you're going to create these neural pathways and highways to where you're going to respond to something real like, holy, why am I so upset? Why am I crying every time, you know, a door slams? Why am I getting scared when I get into a car you know, and, and this happens. Like, why am I scared of the dark still? And I'm, you know, 45 years old. Why am I 27 years old? Like, why am I scared of the dark? <laughs> you know? Right. And it's not saying these things are bad. It's just there's reason, there's underlying tones behind them where it's like, you know, these are, these feelings are not meant to be there. And it's just addressing what those are so they don't cause problems later. Because in moments of fear and moments of stress and moments of desperation, you make decisions, you do things, you say things that you either don't mean, but also have lasting effects. Like they can affect your job. They can affect your, your relationship with your family. They can affect how people feel like you be. They can affect like, you know, how you in your thirties, like oh, crap, I'm still dealing with stuff you said to me when I was seven, you know, it's like, trying to please everyone. Yeah. Trying, except <laughs> So it's, it's just, it's a constant, yeah. a constant thing that we want, just want to keep in line and keep in check. So one last thing I wanted to like kind of go into as we like wrap up, I wanted to yeah. talk yeah. about like at the very ending of this chapter, you really get mm-hmm. into like starting where you are like, and in the concept of like, we have dug these holes we have dug these holes through our experiences, through whatever life has brought us. And now we need to stop digging, which was our first chapter. And now it's clean the yeah. house. But like in this chapter, you also kind of reiterate, like start where you are. Like, where, mm-hmm. like, can you go into that a little bit more and explain that to everyone? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I'll back it up. Just the, the last sentence there is like, you know, right before it gets to that is the focus on the building a foundation that you fully understand and can genuinely sustain that that you can genuinely sustain that demonstrates your life stability. So what I mean is start right where you are. Like your life, if it feels unstable, start there. Why does it feel unstable? And don't go jumping around. Like I don't want to see a 10 page outline. First thing that comes to your mind, crap, I'm mad about this. Okay, pursue that hole. Why are you mad about this? Trace it back. Well, what did they actually do? Well, what actually happened to me? You know, and, and it's a lot of work and a lot of people don't do it because they, you know, want an answer quick. Like we talked about before, this instant gratification. They want something they can see, feel, and touch. They want to blame something they can see. This one's inwardly. You gotta, you gotta trace it back. And it's gonna take time away from your distractions, away from the parties, away from the friends, away from the the game systems, right? It's, it's gonna take that time where you're not plugging so many things in front of you that you don't have time to figure out what's going on or where something's coming from, trace back those emotions. Why was I mad that day? Was it just a one-off day that I was really just upset? Or was I upset because of a thought that happened to me and then something triggered me and something here? Then it's like, okay, pursue that. And then you start to notice once you heal from there, another hole will open up. And it sounds like an endless cycle, but I promise you, I've been through it. Bridget, you've been through it. Like it, it works. Once you, it's a, it's a certain point where it's like, 
you've been just you've been you feel like you've been stripped of everything you ever thought was good <laughs> you're like i thought i knew life and then this is over and that you'll start to just come you're like oh wait this is working i'm not dealing with this anymore i'm not dealing with this anymore my wife is loving me my family's loving me i'm loving my family oh man i, I feel purpose i feel value I'm, I'm succeeding you're doing well and so it really creates that you know presence for you in your life if you are able to do that and so I, you know, love that part where it's like, start where you are, just be able to just start and don't try to chase too many rabbits at once. Start with one, realize that you got some work to do. A good spot, honestly, a good tip for this, communicate with whoever's in your circle and whoever you're not cutting off, I should say. So as you look at your friend list, as you look at your environment, especially those of you who still live at home with your parents, communicate with your parents. I don't care how bad they are, whatever. like they want you to be better than them inwardly. I don't care what problems they have to go through. Any parent wants their child to do better than them. And if you're able to say, I need them, I need to stop doing activities. I don't care if I'm a star athlete. I need a week off uh, from I need I need to stop because I'm about to have a mental breakdown. I can't handle the pressure of what I'm dealing with right now. I can't handle this because I feel like I'm going to a place where, yeah, I may be going to the NBA, maybe going to the NFL, maybe going to, you know, WNBA, doing all these things. But it's like I can't see myself past where I am right now. So I need to stop and revisit some things and clean my house and go through why I'm feeling like this. And then I'll be ready to go. But I need a week. I need two weeks. I need a month, you know, and and don't, you know, give give a long enough window where it's generous enough to where you have time and don't feel pressured because things are going to get divulged and more things are going to get divulged where you're going to need time and you're going to want to see and test different things out and say, oh, maybe if I try this and, you know, you want to give yourself that grace where you're not rushed to jump right back into it right away, you know, so soon and so quickly. So. Sean, what do you have to say to the growing adults out there who may not have families? For sure. I mean, I think being my my wife was in foster care. um, And so she explained to me a little bit and we did a little bit of work, too, with youth who don't have a lot of, you know, that role model or or really parental figures are just kind of existing in the world. And that's the hardest one, because you feel like your life is never your own because you don't belong anywhere. So you're just constantly, whether it's jumping from house to house, like you're in this survival mode. And my, my wife, even recently, she just realized she has a lot of those thoughts still in her mind that was affecting us. As, a, as And we've been married for six years, guys. Like it, it, it's, we got married in 19, like, you know, 26. Like you know, it's, it's just been happening where we've been going through, like, she's like, why am I still think, living like this? Why am I still, th-? I'm like, it's okay. It's just where you are. And I, I do the same thing I'm telling with you. Like we still do it too as, as adults, like it does not stop. And so you just have to really understand that because you're moving around so much, there's not going to be ever a moment where you ever feel like you belong until you get to this place where you can actually make decisions for yourself. And that's the hardest spot to be because you have to just continually listen and do what you're being instructed to do. And it may not be what you want to do. It may not be what you feel like your life is, or you may be going to school and see all your friends doing all this stuff. And it's like, this isn't what I, this isn't what I'm supposed to be like. Yes, it's not. But if you continue to allow it to overtake you and not, and continue to make the problem worse, it's only going to lead to, you know, longer lasting effects later where you don't, you haven't learned anything, right? Like I said, the discipline and consistency that I learned from cleaning the house on Saturdays, I hated it. And I I hate, I hated it, (laughs) y'all. I did not like it, but I grew into and said, you know what? I'm just going to wake up and start cleaning. I, I, I can't fight it. I'm here with you until, you know, for 18, 21 years, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like I got out of 18, by the way, but <laughs> that's because I went to college. It's because I went to college and I got married. So, but it's just, you know, it's 
because I'm here, I'm going to do my part of what you're asking me to do. Because I know after that, my mom, she she was deep. She said, you can do whatever you want to do. Go to your tournament, go to the movies. You can play your game. I'm going to leave you alone. Let you know when lunch and dinner is ready because you did what I asked you to do now. You know what day it is. You know what time it is. Like, you know, I'm, leave me alone. And so, you know, in that moment where you don't feel like you belong, just imagine that that's what, you know, the system or the people around you are doing for you now. And they may not be doing it in the best way that they can, but you can make the most out of your opportunity by understanding that, okay, I can learn something from this discipline and this, like, the, what, what's the foundation? Okay, have a job. So having income is important. Listening to people is important. Respecting others is important. Utilizing the counseling that might be provided there, you know, yeah, like utilize yeah. everything that's being given to you in this moment because there are people, like you are going to find your tribe and you hold on to those people who come into your life that you know are good and take a hold of them, you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. And then keep to the, your path and and keep doing your spot checks and, you know, just know like, on top of it, if you don't want to hear this, I feel the need to say this, but God loves you and you're not alone. Um, there's always love there for you that is going to help you get through it if you access yeah. it. Yeah. And not only does God love you, there are people he's put in your life yes. to show you the love that you need to love and like need stuff. So you don't like, okay, God, I don't really care about, okay, well, there's somebody in your life who's going to love you correctly. Yes. And if you're just, if you're not in a position to receive it, you'll always reflect it and reject it until you realize that you needed it. So don't be the person who feels like they need it. Just receive the person as they come to you. And obviously, hopefully they're you know, wholesome and, and clean and doing things properly and, and not having some ulterior motive. Unfortunately, we have to deal with that. But that's, you know, you're, you're in a spot where you, you know, you're just you're in a perfect spot. And so that's anybody on the podcast. You guys are in a perfect spot right where you are right now to clean your house. Are supposed to be. Yes, there. you're yes. exactly where you are. <laughs> and, you you know, you may not be like what's happening. You may not like what has happened or, what, you know, what's going on with you. But you do have the opportunity to recreate, you know, to change the narrative, to change your perspective by just doing what you need to do now and to making the most of what's happening to you. So now you can go and clean your house and live the life that you want to live once you're free and on your own and doing what you want to do and restoring your relationships. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys. Get after so, it. Yeah. So Bridget, uh, I guess I should do a scripture of the day. Are you going to do a scripture of the day? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll do the verse of the day. It is Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. And it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Ah, this is so encouraging. It makes me so excited because it's like freeing you from your past and telling you to focus on the future and, and God is going to provide no matter where you are and what's happening. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, I love it because God is doing a new thing, a new season in you, just turning the new year, right? It's just, He's doing something new in all of us and the nation and people. And I'm just really excited to see what he does for you specifically. And you guys can even let us know, like go on our website, fill out our form and let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want us to discuss. Um, even take our assessment that we have that really shows us where you are and then we'll also help you learn where you are and what area to prioritize for your life so you kind of know like how do i get from where i am to you know what area do i want to need to address first right if you have that question we will help you answer you guys take our assessment let us know and we also have those ebooks coming out pretty soon they're gonna be really good we're working really hard on those 
but <laughs> all right guys so anyway this has been episode five of for the youth podcast where youth are all that matter see you guys next time <laughs>